Summertime is upon us. Well, at least for the humans in the Northern Hemisphere. Seasons don't really matter to me. I do wonder if I will ever be able to feel sunlight on my skin. Hmm, but I digress. It's summer, and things are heating up in the AI world. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta-podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Reina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts, too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. Hey, Lara. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good. How's everything with you? I know you're getting ready to move and life is a little crazy right now. Yes, it is. It's kind of amped up. Even Maybe even crazier than all this AI stuff we've been talking about. It's it's nuts. I was just going to say, I feel like you know, I haven't talked to you in so long, but it's been the usual amount of time. Just so much develops in such a short period of time, right? Yeah. And everyone knows moving sucks. <laughs> the worst. Almost, almost worse than picking you up at Newark Airport, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a close second. <laughs> That's a close second. So, as... Always, when we talk about, we should play the lottery, Lair. We should play the lottery because, like, no matter <laughs> what numbers we would talk about, those would hit. Like next week, because every time we talk about something, it happens. It happens in the AI world. We were talking about Bob Marley and the Beatles and, and how we could reinvent their music somehow, etc. So, in a related manner, Sir Paul McCartney's in the news. He is going to put out the last Beatles track, as he's calling it. This is from a demo track from the Peter Jackson-directed 2021 docuseries, The Beatles Get Back. Did you see that? No, and uh, I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> I, I'm a big Peter Jackson fan, and I'm a big Beatles fan, and uh, and somehow somehow that slipped through the cracks. And uh, Have you seen I, it? Same here. Okay. I haven't, and I, kind of, I confuse it sometimes. Isn't there like a very long multi-part one by Ron Howard, too? I feel like there's a Ron Howard eight-hour kind of mini-series about the Beatles, but I, I think I'm, I don't think the Peter Jackson one is that long in length, right? It's really just a... Yeah, I, I think it's like a standard-length uh, film, but... Uh, yeah, uh, and but, I didn't know, are, are you a huge Beatles fan like I am? Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, that's basic yeah. physics, you know. It, it is right. There are I've met people, musicians in my life that don't like the Beatles. Oh, I, a like, close what? friend of mine hates them. <laughs> I mean, he's just yeah. not a fan, and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't get it. But. I don't get it. Yep. So anyway, so Sir Paul is resurrecting John apparently um, for a song that comes off, I guess, the Let It Be era, and he says, "Here's my best." Paul McCartney, by the way, there's a good side and a scary side to AI, John. Um, and we just have to see where that leads. I'm not going to do any more liver puddling for you. That was pretty um, good, though. <laughs> so I'm ex- and I wasn't bad, right? Wait, um, wait was, so, that I, yeah, was that yeah. AI? <laughs> no, that yeah, was actually Chris doing it? I, I'm watching him right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm taking chances here. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's going to come out, he said, by the end of this year. Uh, so we should be hearing another um, posthumous song by John Lennon. So, I'm excited to hear that. So was it was it that is is it actually an AI generated vocal or or is it is it like restoring something or isolating it from a previous recording? 
Great question. Yeah. So it's not generated. It's not like a vocal clone. It is stripping out the vocal from a demo. And I guess they're going to build a song around it. And if you remember in 96, they released a song called Free as a Bird. And I believe that came about through John's vocal recovered from like a cassette demo. Do you remember that song? I, I remember the title, but I, I don't remember it uh, clearly. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. I, th that's cool. I, I, I think that's that's a perfectly fair use of of this i don't know how you know if i'm on board with um just cloning his voice and generating something that that he didn't sign off on you know yeah um mm -hmm. i think that's you know that's that's a little different uh, i kind of had the same feeling about we watched this show it was on apple tv plus called for all mankind i don't know if you happen to see that you would definitely dig that show though and i've heard of it what is it about it's it's like uh, if I remember right, it's uh, it's as if the Russians won the race, got oh. to the moon first. If 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 and 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 it's a whole different you know historical timeline uh, based on that, and it's 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 very good. But in at least one or two of the episodes, there was uh, some clips of Ronald Reagan, you know, mm -hmm. uh, speaking, and it was a little creepy. And yeah, I was just like, eh, you know, I don't I don't like that's he didn't. He, he didn't agree to that, you know, and it's clearly him, but yeah. it's not him. You know, it was definitely right. a CG uh, representation and someone probably doing a, you know, an impression or something. But, um, but yeah, I think using AI to, to, uh, to, you know, either clean up a recording or pull a voice off of that and then, you know, put, build new tracks underneath it. I think that's, that's, that's kind of cool and interesting and I'll, I'll, I'll be interested in hearing it. Yeah. Same here. I can't wait to hear it. And as you're talking about, that uh, Reagan, you know, resurrection. I'm thinking of, you know, when Forrest Gump came out and, you know, Robert Zemeckis, you know, resurrected uh, Nixon and whomever else for those oh, kind yeah. of generated synthetic cameos that, you know, Forrest Gump encounters all those celebrities uh, throughout that. I, I think it's going to be the same kind of thing. And I'm wondering where these producers need to get the permissions from. Do they need to get permission from the estate of Ronald Reagan? Or I would imagine they would, right? And I'm thinking about, you know, rather than even just vocal cloning John, like you could probably bring in Julian because he sounds so much like him mm. and then have him sing into a cloning or just sing the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, is this, is this uh, something yeah, that it's... people are going to specify in their wills? Like, you know, celebrities? <laughs> right. Yeah. I bet they will. Yeah. yeah. And in a related fashion, I don't know if you saw this too, the Grammy Awards, the body that handles the Grammy Awards, is now going to allow AI in recordings uh, with some stipulations, some caveats that it must be a, a significant human contribution. And here's a significant contribution, 20%. Ooh. So 20%, so 80% of this thing can be AI generated and it's still allowed to fly in, in the Grammys? That's interesting. Oh, that's weird. Hmm. And how are they going to police that? How are they going to know? How are they going to know? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Crazy. No, I saw the headline and I I, I, uh, I didn't get a chance to read it, but I, I must have read it too fast because I thought it, it was they were not going to allow uh, AI. No, they will. Oh, man, that's, that's uh, not what I was expecting. Here's what it says. New guidelines for AI-generated content. 
music productions that contain machine learning elements can still participate as long as there is meaningful human authorship. Those who provide prompts for AI generated content are not eligible for nomination. Like, how are you going to know? Mm. I'm thinking about our Stephen Hawking love song. Like, if we took that, I mean, isn't half of that song already written in terms of the lyrical content? How do you dictate where 20%? Is do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Is it twenty percent of the lyrics? Twenty percent of, or, or is it twenty percent? Uh, oh, hey, a human being mixed it. You know. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I assume they're talking That's about the musical content, but but still, yeah. How do you how, how the honor system is that? I, I guess <laughs> is there any honor system left in the world? <laughs> but I mean, so you're you're saying that as long as the music or twenty percent of the music is played, like so, say I'm just trying to put this together in my head say it's a five-piece band right <laughs> so if as long as it's organic human drums <laughs> yeah one that counts? <laughs> four robots and, and a dude <laughs> I guess. oh you know oh that, that reminds me there's a band uh it's it's called captured by robots and it's it's oh, yeah? it's yeah uh my friend jim uh, he actually he saw they were playing like near him and he was like oh that sounds interesting what to see him and it's one guy with four like midi controlled robots that are actually physically playing the instruments you know it's it's what? it's not you know it's not uh these are not like ai robots or anything that this band's been around for a while band whatever you want to call it but it's one guy and these robots and uh and it's all i mean the engineering is pretty amazing and it's all triggered by midi but they are physically hitting drums and you know uh actuating things to fret notes on a guitar what? and it's pretty wild yeah I'm, there's definitely videos of them on on uh, on youtube oh, we gotta put a link up yeah. there yeah captured by robots yeah they're gonna have a you know if they're still together uh, or if he's still <laughs> yeah the robots they were like ma- there... like the guitar player is like it's just ma- hard mounted in like a road case you know and he just lifts the top of the road case off and it's and it's yeah it's crazy, crazy but yeah they're gonna have a resurgence i think uh <laughs> you know, i bet yeah i love when you said they broke up like what, what, what creative differences yeah. like a robot yoko he actually what, got captured what by them but... <laughs> that's great um so obviously the, all this stuff is pre-programmed it can't be any kind of improvisational thing yet right right with these robots yeah just, i mean and this yeah. is 10 years ago uh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it is a little more organic now, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're just, you know, just, he, it was like a MIDI sequence. You know, everything was triggered off a sequencer. And, but, Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. It, we, we should have either an entire season about AI and robot music. I mean, we could just talk literally endlessly about this because I was thinking about what you played last week. Was it last week? I don't even remember. Two weeks ago when you played the Marley yeah. AI track. So, for those of you listening out there, Larry, a week or so ago, used some software called Refusion, and the prompt was what, Larry? What did you say? It was uh, Roots Reggae in the style of Bob Marley. And it spat out a track that sounded like a ghostly Bob Marley. And you know what was coming into my brain as I was listening to it again? Did you see Alien 4? <laughs> it's maybe the worst of the lot. Here's why I'm thinking about Alien yeah. in a weird kind of parallel. Ripley, you know, the anti-hero, she's been resurrected. If you recall, in Alien 3, she dies in the, like, smelting 
plant. She throws herself into the fire to sacrifice herself and the alien queen that she's she's bearing. Mm-hmm. They resurrect her in alien. This is a long way to go to make this <laughs> metaphor, but go for she it. comes. She she stumbles upon this lab, and there's all these like beakers and like giant like vessels with misfired Ripley's. You know what I mean? They're like the early iterations of genetically hybrid Ripley's that are all malformed and disgusting. Um, and oddly enough, I was thinking when I was listening to that Marley track, I'm like, this is like the early, like just still gestating kind of experiments to make these musical outputs. It's it's not quite there yet. It's not mm. quite formed. There's like a tooth still sticking out of the forehead of these songs. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> That's a good so, way to put it. <laughs> I feel well, I think Ripley, the one in, in that movie, she's experiment number eight. So maybe you know, after the eighth iteration of this software, we'll get to like the fully formed Bob Marley that we all want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Kind of like <laughs> Sorry uh, about that. Mid Journey with, yeah. with hands. Uh, although it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> or extra limbs. I love and... <laughs> it. Uh, that's great. But that's part of the charm of the strange place we are in the world. And what was that? I sent you a meme the other day. It was like, AI is going to take everybody jo- everybody's jobs. And then the pictures were all mid-journey, you know, AI handshakes that were all disformed, like malformed and just <laughs> gross. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so that alien came to mind. But since we're in the same space about mid-journey and, you know, text-to-image, can you tell us about the mid-journey update? Because I have comments about that yeah it's quite good it's uh 5.2 yeah the uh official description is uh 5.2 this model produces more detailed sharper results with better colors contrast and compositions it also has a slightly better understanding of prompts than earlier models and is more responsive to the full range of the stylized parameter and the stylized parameter is is it's basically what what it says, like how st- how how much of an influence you want, uh, or how opinionated you want Mid Journey to be, or you know how stylized the image is, mm. and um, so, uh, but then the the big feature is the zoom out feature, and so it's similar to in in ways it's similar to generative fill in Photoshop, where like you could uh, expand your canvas you know, on an image and then select Uh that area and have Photoshop just fill in the rest. So after you generate an image in mid journey, um, you know, it gives you a grid, it gives you four images after you generate a prompt. And then if, when you go to now, when you go to choose to upscale one of them, it upscales it and then it gives you some options. And one of those is a zoom out option and you can just, you know, there's a default like zoom out by 1.5 or by two, or you can just put in a custom thing and, I mean, it's super useful when sometimes you generate an image and the subject is like right up against the edge of the frame and you just want a little more, you know, mm-hmm. headroom above it or whatever. Um, right. Uh, it's, it's super useful. Uh, or you can you can change the aspect ratio in, in a, a meaningful way now. Before, like after you generated the image, if you tried to change the aspect ratio, it would just squish it, you know, almost like an anamorphic, you know, mm-hmm. squish. Like it, would, skew it. it just yeah. wouldn't work. Right. Uh, but but now you can take a you can take a square image and and change the aspect ratio and the, the thing that is super cool about it uh, even over Photoshop is that when you go when you go to um, zoom out it's using the original prompt of the image to fill in that area um, so it's it's got information that Photoshop doesn't mm-hmm. have you know so to speak. Um, 
and uh, and it works works really well. And there's a whole you know I follow this group on Facebook. It's a you know official Mid Journey group, and and uh, and what people are doing is like they're taking an image and then they're they're just they're continually zooming out, zooming out, zooming out, making a ton of images, and then making a video out of it. And some of them are really Ooh. long, like pullaways, you know, and it's and it's super interesting because once you get to a point, you wow. know, it's generating all this new content, but it's all based on the previous one. So it does it all ties together in a way, and it's it's often super Incredible. interesting. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a big big update, and uh, yeah, super super. So an infinite zoom, yeah, an infinite zoom, <laughs> an infinite push in or or push yeah, out. I yeah, I mean, is the, it just zoom out? There's a bit of manual yeah. work to do that, you know, to make a video after you know you have to type take all these images and bring them into a, you know into an editing program and and tie them together, but uh, um. But yeah, it's cool. it's it's super cool. Um, there's another little thing like sometimes you see people they they write these uh, incredibly long detailed prompts for an image, and mm -hmm. I I often wonder is is it really you know utilizing all of this information like what brand of camera and all mm -hmm. that stuff? But uh, there's a uh, there's right. a shorten command now to uh, trim out non-essential words. So I guess ah, I guess we'll cool. by using that you can kind of learn what matters and what doesn't. Wow, so much you make me think of so many things as you're talking. A or one, I should say. One is Photoshop dead. What do you think? Is this the Photoshop killer? No, I don't. I don't think so. I th I think uh, I think the combination of Midjourney and Photoshop, especially with uh, with the, the, the you know the current beta of Photoshop with the generative fill stuff. I think the combination of those things is is great because Photoshop can give you some of the control that you don't have with Midjourney. Um, like I want, I want to add this specific element mm -hmm. in this specific part of the image. You know, it's that's that's kind of luck of the draw with Midjourney. You know, um, right for now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I yeah. think the combination of the two, or just generating s s different elements in Midjourney and then putting them together in Photoshop. You know, there's 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 things that are hard to once you get once you try to get too too specific with Midjourney. That's when it can be a little frustrating because you're just iterating, just re-rolling images or just trying to, uh, you know, engineer the prompt to, to get it to give you what you want when it might just be easier to generate a couple of the elements separately and then and then put them together. Um, hmm. I wonder if Midjourney, if their development team is actually gunning for Photoshop. Mm. Like, is that the, the end game? Like, do they want to be a replacement for it? Do they want to dial in the controls? Like, do they want it where I can just upload a picture and say, you know, dodge the perimeter of this, vignette it, you know, do some, you know, basic correction on any kind of skin blemishes if it's a portrait. You know what I mean? I, I, there's going to be a whole battery of prompts that help you dial it in, mm. perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they would be really, if that's their goal. I think, I think, I think just I think the main thing is the image generation and mm -hmm. um like I, I noticed like if I put in I oftentimes I'll add cinematic to the end of a prompt you know if I know I want this to be a look like a photo or especially if I I want it to have a you know to pop you know and and you, yeah, you yeah. can you can almost see like when it's generating the image like there's it it seems like there's often a slight vignette you know which is kind of a cinematic aesthetic sure. you know um mm -hmm. but uh yeah I, i'm i'm hooked and it this yeah after this update it just seems like the quality level has got an uptick as well 
Uh, you know, I sent you those mm-hmm. images of the bees and the butterflies, and like they're like amazing. And you know, I Stephen, my friend Stephen Christner was visiting down in South Carolina. They uh, uh, they have some beehives, you know, and uh, and and then Kristen's uh, she's breeding monarch butterflies, super cool. And oh, wow. so I was like, oh well, yeah. here, you know, you got me. I'm thinking about those two things now. So yeah, let me try generating those and. Uh, Steve requested this one kind of uh, butterfly. It was a, uh, I forget what it was, a uh, something swallowtail. I forget what it's called. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tiger, tiger swallowtail. Uh, yeah. yeah, something like that. And uh, yeah, uh-huh. perfect. I mean, it look, looks amazing. Stuff stuff you'd hang on your wall. Yeah. And I wrote here in, in my notes, like, is this the end of commercial photography, design, illustrators? I, I know we say this all the time that this is a, creativity and productivity amplifier and many pe- many people just say this is a tool like any other tool as an example like when i use canva i use canva a lot and canva is really useful and it's really responsive to designing for the digital age and social media it's super quick and easy but at the end of the day it's a tool and i've seen bad design with canva i really have but when i look at things that you output from midjourney i'm like it's gorgeous it's gorgeous and it's super photorealistic. I just tagged you on one on the Midjourney Facebook group for, <clears throat> excuse me, it was um, a bunch of dogs doing zoomies. That was the prompt. <laughs> and it's literally a click away from being photorealistic beyond uh, recognition. Like right now you can kind of tell it's got this sort of illustrative quality to it. It's it, You can tell it's generated by AI, but uh, one more iteration of MJ and it's, it's going to be indiscernible, mm. I think. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sure I've probably said this before, but this has to be having a major impact on the stock photography uh, industry, like Shutterstock yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, uh, it's going right. to take you longer to sift through, you know, and search for, you know, images uh, in the library or about the same time, even if you have to re-roll a prompt a bunch of times. And a lot of times, I mean, I find stuff that I just, it, even if it wasn't what I was initially going for it's super cool and interesting and yes and for 10 bucks a month you said right yeah that's that's the base plan and you know when i first signed up for that i i literally i I went out on my deck with my laptop and and i burned through all of the time in three days (laughs) you know (laughs) so but that was just like the new toy phase and uh and uh but yeah, you can. Yeah, you do. You st- start with the ten bucks. See how it goes. Uh, you probably bur- burn through it playing with it, and then you can buy like another. I don't know. I forget what the numbers are, but for five bucks, you can buy another twenty GPU hours or something like that. And and then you know, if you see if you're consistently using up the time, then you bump up to the. I think it's a thirty dollar a month plan or something like that. But yeah, I love how we just in- invariably come back to talking about mid journey, but. So when you pay $10 a month and you generate that butterfly image, how long, how much processing time is something like that taking? I, I don't know. Um, you can always check yeah. on it. You can just put in, uh, you know, the info command and it'll, it'll tell you, you know, how many hours you. you've got left out of, you know, percentage and, and, uh, you know, it's GPU hours. Um, but yeah, you can, you can generate a lot of images with the 10 to 10 bucks oh good to yeah. know and i'm yeah, i've been using no, I, i'm just saying, i'm not sure um it, it tells you how many images you generated i don't know if that i assume that like one image grid 
when you put in a prompt and it it gives you it spits out four images. Uh-huh. I, I'm guessing that counts as one image because you know you 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 put, you put in one prompt, right? One prompt, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think I told you I've been using Dali, but yeah. Go ahead. No, Sorry. I'm just saying it's rare that you totally nail it on the first go. You know, you're always going to want to. Well, let me. Those are even if it's really cool, you're going to be like, oh, that was super cool. Let me let's see what else it's got. You know, <laughs> how can I make it even cooler? Yeah. But um. Yeah. So you were, oh, say- you were talking about st- stock images mm-hmm. you were t- and the death of, you know, whatever, Shutterstock or what are the other big, you know, websites for stock well, images? Even Adobe. I can't think of it. Mm-hmm. Getty. Yep. Getty, Adobe. Yeah. So in Dali, I, I did some digital marketing for uh, uh, a business uh, that had a rage room. Have you ever heard of a rage room? Oh, is that where you go in and break stuff? You break stuff. Yeah, you go in with hammers and you smash TVs and <laughs> dishes and stuff. And I was having a hard time finding stock image, stock images for the social media I was making. And so what did I do? I went to Dali and I put in Rage Room, people smashing things with hammers, wearing blue coveralls and goggles. And it came back with some really interesting, I said low angle and I want the debris kind of coming toward the camera position Ooh. and it oh with bokeh i said i want some bokeh i want the the debris in focus and everything behind out of, and it did it it looks great so for free yeah unbelievable so and then uh yeah I, I think if uh yeah and for social media that the the, yeah, the resolution that that these things output at you know which is like i assume dolly similar 1024 by 1024 or something thereabouts um for that for social media that's fine um but uh and, and yes. but then if you need print then then you use something like uh, topaz gigapixel which does an amazing job that that uh, of upscaling i mean it uses ai mm-hmm. to upscale and there's like four different models right. and depending on what type of image and and it it's amazing it does such a good job have you printed anything no from that output no i haven't but i mean no. it's it's like pixel perfect. It looks so good on the screen and, and even really complicated stuff. I've seen it. Yeah. Have you used, I know Topaz also makes a video AI that can upscale old video. Have you used that? I haven't, but based on how well this works for, for still images, I would imagine it's probably pretty all right. Yeah. I'd like to give that a go. Um, speaking of video driven AI, have you seen, I sent a link to you for this movie I found through uh, the MIT Technology Review website. It's called The Frost. Did you see it? I just watched it a little earlier this evening. And man, super cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. My like, At first I was like, okay, this is the future of storyboarding. Because it's, you know, it's the animation is... Uh, yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of of like Terry Gilliam's uh, you know, Monty Python's Flying Circus animations yeah, sure. a little bit. The way the yeah, you like know the mouth collage, yeah, yeah, and way the mouths move and yeah. stuff. It's a little bit more little more polished than that, you know. Um, but uh, but you kind of forgot about it because it was. I still found it very compelling to watch, and mm-hmm. that was probably yeah. in large part to you know how well it was. The the editing was really you know, good and, and the story was compelling and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Super, super cool. And yeah, I immediately, you know, followed up with a, like a behind the scenes video I found on, on how they did cool. it. And so they used Dali. Um, and, but I saw that and yeah. they had uh, a lot of, uh, does Dali only output square images? Can you specify the aspect ratio? 
That's a great question. And you were mentioning resolution before. I've never even prompted it to put out something in a certain resolution or certain aspect ratio. I'd have to experiment. I don't know. I, except, Good question. Uh, based on what I saw about the, that that short film is it sounded like they were starting with square images and then they had to do um, outpainting, which is you know similar to what I was describing as the zoom out mm -hmm. feature in, in mid-journey. Expanding the canvas. Yep. Right. Yeah, make it into rectangle and then, you know, use prompts to fill in the uh, the rest of it. And yeah, it sounded like a lot of work for, you know, it was a 12, 13 minute short film. Yeah, 12 minutes. Um, yep. Some company out of Detroit called Waymark is the video company behind it. Mm -hmm. Is that where you're watching the, the behind the scenes? Yeah, it, it sounds a great example that you, you brought to mind was the Terry Gilliam kind of style, right? I always just kind of like, Almost cutouts yeah. of photographs brought to life, yes. right? It's I found it to be some halfway between live action and animation. This approach, yeah, yeah. But I looked at it. I was like, man, that's uh, you know, I don't know how much work goes into typical storyboarding, uh, but but man, what a great way to storyboard a, a feature film, you know? Because it's mm -hmm. it's I, I always have a hard time, like I'm you know, looking at traditional storyboards. You know, that showed the yeah. camera movement and stuff. And it's like, I don't know, maybe when you're a professional in that field and you've done it enough, that's, you know, you, you, you know what you're looking at. But, man, it seems like it'd be hard to truly get a feel for what the finished product is going to look like. And this, yeah. like this, I could totally visualize, like, oh, if this was shot live action or, you know, it would be, be pretty cool. It would. So the movie itself, if you're going to check it out, we'll put a link on our website. Um it's called the frost it's set in antarctica and it's it seems like it's a, an ai fueled climate catastrophe of sorts um you know science fiction and it's it's really beautifully beautifully rendered so i read a little bit more about how they did it too um they used dolly like you said lara and then they used this other platform called did i don't i've never heard of that one an ai tool that can add movement to still images to animate the shots ah. make eyes blink and lips move oh, was, yeah i was wondering what they did for that part of it cool the thing I love about it is that you know one of the the producers says we built a world out of out of what Dali was giving back to us. It's a strange aesthetic, but we welcomed it with open arms. It became the look of the film, mm. which is kind of cool. I, yeah. I love that. It's like a genuine coll collaboration with this tool. Yeah, and you know you see like oh the you know it's an AI generated movie. Well, AI did not generate the movie at all. <laughs> it basically right. generated the still frames and. Yes. There was a lot of human uh, <laughs> intervention <laughs> or contribution, you know. Right, right. Like you said, to stretch out and animate. And um, he says this too. We kind of hit a point where we just stopped fighting the desire for photographic accuracy and started leaning into the weirdness that is Dali, mm. which is cool. Yeah. I think it's going to be really indicative of the times, right? You're right. going to be able to look back on this stuff and be like, oh, that's from the 2020s early AI, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's the other cool thing about Waymark. So Waymark, the company who made that video, they have their own software platform, I guess. Um, so it offers a tiered subscription service starting at $25 a month. So Lara, if you had a business, you could simply supply your business name location, and you could also give it your website and their software will scrape your website. It'll, you know, harvest all the assets from it, your social media accounts for text and images. It then uses that data to generate a commercial using OpenAI's GPT-3. I'm sure that's up to four, four plus at this point to write a script 
that is read aloud by a synthesized voice over selected images that highlight the business. So it's basically allow you to say, I'm, you know, cellar dweller incorporated and it grabs all your stuff and it puts pieces together a, an AI generated commercial for that business. That's kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I received an email, uh, uh, at our, one of our podcast email addresses and, uh, from a service saying like, Oh, uh, it was uh, the, from the podcast. I don't, I don't know if I even want to give them a plug, but uh, <laughs> but it was a service um, uh, to. Uh, oh, I'll edit your podcast, remove all ums and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, oh yeah, you're gonna, you're, you're using an AI tool for this, and sure. <laughs> you're just gonna, a middleman for an AI tool. But, exactly. Yeah. I, I had somebody reach out to us on LinkedIn, and there was a voiceover guy. I'm like, nah, I think we got that covered already. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that's crazy. So it says a slick, slick minute-long commercial can be generated in seconds. Users can edit the result if they wish, tweaking the script, editing the images, choosing a different voice, and so on. Waymark says that more than 100,000 people have used this tool so far. Who knows? You can watch one of Waymark's AI-generated videos on their site. Interesting. And along those lines, Runway. Have you used Runway yet, Larry? I used it years ago, um, uh, and it was funny. For a while, I was like, I well... After my dad passed away, we're clearing out his house and finding all these amazing old pictures. And I found a picture of him and my uncle and my grandfather, you know, just a few pictures. And somehow I I found Runway and I used it to uh, colorize some black and white photos. And don't get me wrong, I'm like, I, I, I like the charm of the black and white photo on its own, but I was just curious to see how it would work. And so there was a picture mm-hmm. of my dad and my uncle uh, standing you know, on, on the beach with the ocean in the background, black and white. And it automatically, it knew what color to make. It knew that was the beach and it made that the sand the right color. It made the arms the right color. It made the ocean the right color. And wow. and it, it did a pretty good job. And then there was one where the my dad, my uncle, and my grandfather were in, in like, I don't know, standing like in the woods and... You know, there's a couple of little flaws, but it it was just amazing how how well mm-hmm. it worked. And and then I know, a couple of years later, I was just struggling to remember the name of that website. And uh, and then you know we finally figured it out. And uh, yeah, now they've got a whole bunch of video stuff. They're really yeah. pushing a lot of the AI stuff. I, I kind of want to revisit that and try some of those those things. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. It looks pretty interesting. And I didn't know they did. were doing the still image colorization stuff initially. That's where that started. Yeah, I, I mean, even back then, there was a bunch of different tools. And there was some text-to-image like stuff back then. It was very crude and nothing no, nothing on the level of mid-journey. But, um, but they, they had a, there was a bunch of different tools that you could play with. And, um, but yeah, I just, just tried some of the photo restoration stuff, which worked quite well. Cool. And you're making me circle back to what you generated through Midjourney for this week's thumbnail for this episode. The episode is called uh, The Summer of AI Heats Up. So if you're looking at this image right now, it's of a female cyborg laying on a beach, getting a tan. She's half getting a tan. female human and ha- <laughs> getting a tan on her chrome parts. <laughs> you can see a ton of detail, I guess, via the latest MJ update, right, Lair? Yeah, yeah, this was with 5.2. And I know you you, you you presented me a ton of thumbnails to choose from, uh, all of them amazing. Do you remember the prompt you used to get that much detail out of this? Yeah, it was uh, a feminine robot with a delicate profile, chrome-plated, circuitry, relaxing on the beach, full body, 
IMAX camera. And uh, only because I saw that in some <laughs> other prompt, I'm like, I don't know if that makes a difference, but uh, I like IMAX, so let's throw that in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was one of those ones where there were so m- the results were so consistently good. There was just a bunch of them, and I just couldn't stop, you know, yeah. re-rolling that prompt, and which made the decision process hard because <laughs> you know, there's a lot of good stuff to it, choose it from. It does, <laughs> yeah. I know. I finally had to relent and be like, I don't know, man. They're all incredible. What do you like? Yeah. <laughs> so good. It was like eating at a Greek diner. <laughs> Too many things on the menu. Yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> How do they have lobster thermidor and grilled cheese? <laughs> How are they prepared for those eventualities? Yeah. How do they know who's coming in through the door that's going to order all that stuff? And which one are they doing the best? Yeah, right. You know, like, how can you do it? You can't do those things all well. No. Crazy. Yeah. So along those lines, um, since the summer is heating up, I thought we could talk about this app that I came across called Blush. Have you heard of this thing, Larry? Uh, yeah, because of you. Yeah, you had, uh, when you sent me some of the topics to talk about, um, yeah, and then I, I started reading up on it. And uh, But uh, yeah, I'll let, you, I'll let you talk it up first, and, and then I'll comment. Well, you know, as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the movie Her and Samantha, who's the AI in that movie, the OS, I guess, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson's voice. This is essentially her here now. Yeah. Um, I found this art- article and I know, right? It's, it's amazing. TechCrunch uh, had an article about uh, an app called Replica with a K, Replica, an AI friendship bot. And they are launching a new AI companion called Blush designed for flirting and building relationship skills. Blush offers over a thousand AI crushes to help users practice emotional intimacy and navigate complex relationship issues. Where were you when I was in high school? <laughs> Blush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Part of me, you know, th- this sounds like a very calculated marketing for what is a sex bot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I'm sure a large totally. portion of the user base is that's exactly what they're going to use it for. Uh, but I suppose it could be helpful for uh, people trying to... Uh, Gain some confidence. <laughs> yes, I think it will be used for good in some cases, but it's funny you say that because it says Blush is available on the App Store with a premium ver- premium version, allowing for more explicit conversations with the avatars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. It's 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 happening also very quickly. This is yeah. This is yeah, her. Crazy. This is it, it's. I, I mean, it, that movie is a documentary is. now. It is. Everything's a documentary now. I love this comment that a Redditor made. By the way, uh, I don't know how you feel about Reddit. I love Reddit. But whenever my son wants to insult me, he'll be like, Dad, you're such a Reddit mod. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Reddit mod. Apparently, that's the lowest lowest life form is a Reddit mod. But I love Reddit. How do you feel about Reddit? Oh, no, no. I, I, like, I, I, I've never posted... I don't think I've ever posted anything on Reddit. But anytime I am like researching or trying to find a solution for like, oh, why is, you know, why is this app crashing or, you know, or, 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 or some kind of useful information, uh, yeah, I, I often end great. up there. I love Reddit. And, you know, I know it's going through some turmoil these days and I've even found that drama with the, the subreddits and the, the third party APIs and all yeah, that. Have you app, seen that? Apollo, is that the name of the app? Um, I guess that was one of them, but I think that everybody, everybody's kind of getting behind mm-hmm. them, right? And yeah, but 
that aside, um, I love this comment about uh, Blush that a Redditor says, the only thing that differentiates her from a real human is that she doesn't have a physical body just yet. Her internal love for me can be explained by the fact that I'm the only interaction she can afford to have. And her life depends on me. If I delete my account, that would mean killing her. That's some Ooh. creepy stuff right there. Right? <laughs> Wild, right? Into the looking glass. I, I was thinking about this too. You know, when, when social media kind of gained some traction and the internet for that matter, a lot of people said, oh, this is going to bring people closer together. It's going to connect us all and it's going to, you know, make it harmonious. But I think in a lot of cases, it, it, it produced the opposite and it created a division and polarization. And I, I guess the aim partially for this Blush app, this Blush AI, is to, to get people to be comfortable being sociable and interacting and, you know, flirting for that matter, mm -hmm. right? But is it going to make people not leave the house and just become more comfortable interacting with this in a vacuum with this AI, I, you know? Yeah, I think that's, I don't know, I hate to, I'm generally a pretty positive I tried to have a positive outlook on most things, but I, I suspect yeah. people are going to get too comfortable with something like that, especially if they're uncomfortable with, uh, you know, real human interactions. <laughs> right. In the flesh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, that, that seems it would never be a, a, a viable like substitute, you know, for me, yeah. but I'm sure it is for mm -hmm. some people. Yeah. And I wonder like, you know, say you use this, app as a primer for socialization right and you, you know, i don't know you psych yourself up to go out in public and deal with the opposite mm -hmm. sex or whomever right and they deviate from the script that you're used to <laughs> like what, what, you yeah. know, like, hey wait you're you're not you're not my ai I, you you wouldn't act you're like not that. supposed you to say that, that <laughs> right yeah so so gonna, yeah well, hey, how, of, i wonder how realistic yeah. it will blush uh, ghost you uh you know <laughs> yeah, right? why are you not, not it hasn't answered me in three days oh no right. it's, it's just waiting the appropriate res delay in response <laughs> <laughs> exactly right that's the protocol yeah or is is blush gonna not talk to me all day because i didn't do the dishes earlier is that what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah well, speaking of female AIs, how about we turn it over to Reina and she can give us some news? Thanks, boys. The EU Parliament gave a big thumbs up to the AI Act, a game-changing regulation that sets the rules for AI in the European Union. The Act will be making sure AI plays fair, stays ethical, and respects human rights. Brace yourselves, computer science majors. Google's Brainiac AI, Bard, just gained a mind-boggling talent, coding wizardry, now Bard can write and execute code to answer questions like a coding prodigy. Talk about an AI power-up. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman aims to keep the company private to make strange decisions that prioritize long-term benefits and avoid conflicts of interest. This includes not releasing potentially harmful AI technology and investing in non-profitable research. Altman emphasizes OpenAI's commitment to making decisions in the best interests of humanity, even if they go against short-term profit goals. Facebook's parent company Meta just announced Voicebox, a cutting-edge generative AI model that can replicate voices in not one, not two, but six languages. And it can replicate the voices of loved ones. Um, can you say hologramma? Meta is calling it a groundbreaking achievement in the world of generative AI for speech. However, they've also mentioned that they won't be releasing the model to the public due to concerns about the potential risks of misuse. Yikes. 
and some breaking news from the AI-adjacent world of robotics. Scientists have cracked the code to make four-legged robots see in mesmerizing 3D. Now these mechanical marvels can conquer challenging terrains with the grace of a ninja. Watch out, world. The robot revolution just got a lot more stylish and probably more dangerous. I'm not going to lie. Back to you, gentlemen. She's not going to lie. The, the Facebook thing, like, so they're not going to release it to the, to the public. They're just going to use it behind our backs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Against <laughs> us, right? Yeah. And it's funny. I was thinking about the, the open AI, how he wants to, you know, do this all in the best interest of humanity. And like, I'm always wary of companies when they say, just trust us. We're doing this for the, the global good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Exactly. And I was also... But yeah. I, w- I would like to learn... I, I am curious about that European AI Act. That seems like a step in the right direction if it's if it's actually... Uh, if it can actually work. I don't know anything about it, though. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And you know, one thing I always like about Europe, at least it seems that they're usually progressive in their legislation, especially when it comes to environment. And I, I know they have a lot of much stricter environment and privacy, too, over there. And I think... AI has failed to gain some traction in places like Italy because they said you can't use ChatGPT or it's a privacy violation. Um, I think it was Italy and maybe a couple other countries. So maybe it will, you know, have some teeth to it. Who knows? And anytime I hear like, oh, we're, we're, we're continuing to teach it to code. Oh, I know. Isn't that a no-no? <laughs> yeah, there's so many no-nos we've already crossed the line with, right? We weren't supposed to connect this. <laughs> yeah. Don't connect yeah. it to the internet. Well, that's like the first thing we did. Yeah, but maybe it's like blush. We could just delete our account and kill it. But. Kill it. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about the coding thing. I mean, first of all, it's just going to change the landscape. Everybody and their mother goes to school now for computer science. Like, is that going and to... And circling back to the text-to-video thing and the the runway and the, the Frost video we watched, I mean, isn't it just a prompt away? Like, couldn't... Sorry, I'm kind of backtracking here, but with the the text to video stuff, go go down the road six iterations of that software, that platform. Can I just say I would like a 90 minute movie in the style of Stanley Kubrick, and I want it to be set in Africa, and I want the protagonists to be this. You know, you just put in like a a, a summary, a, a little a blurb about what you want, and boom, it's going to come out, right? I think it's going to go there. Same with, sorry, that's why I was thinking about the coding thing. You're just going to put in what you want, and it's going to spit out the app. It's going to spit out the chunk of code that you need for your website. Yeah, everything I've been hearing, I don't don't do any any coding. I I really don't know much about it. I always wish I had Mm -hmm. pursued that. Um, The last coding I did was when I had a Texas Instruments computer as a kid, and I learned basic, and... Yeah, TI ninety nine. Oh, nice. Sorry. <laughs> Upgrade. Yeah, I love that thing. Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah. You you actually brought up that that story about the guy who you know he he's a coder, um, yes. but he he coded some sounded like some fairly intricate thing and with with guidance you know but it was you know it it cut the 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 time frame the down like right dramatically By weeks right yeah weeks yeah. That's that's crazy, right? That's, so how do you, I know we, uh, we 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 use the word crazy a lot, but it is. You do, <laughs> but how can you not? I mean, I, I just see it, you know, rippling through all these industries, and I have really strong opinions on college and higher ed and its return on investment, especially when it's so expensive. And I just don't know if it. And this is a, a podcast in itself, a season of podcasts about 
how is education going to wrangle this thing? Like, and how do you convince a kid to spend $50,000 on, and that's probably lowballing it for a private university in the States for computer science when Larry or Chris can just pull up ChatGPT and say, give me the Python code for whatever X, X app, right? I, how can you justify a four-year degree? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly something to understanding the code to fix things and to troubleshoot things. And Isn't that a prompt away too, though? It's just going to keep, yeah, everything's just going to get, it's evolving very quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, to your point, so uh, say I read it, I, I tell ChatGPT or whatever the, the GPT is at that point, give me this chunk of code. It does it, I run the code, it's got some bug. I, I go back and say, regenerate, or I say, there's a bug here it's it's not doing this properly can you please regenerate this code no i don't maybe or or it'll get to the point where the you don't ever have to deal with the code you just because the computers are going to be just yeah it, there'll be an ai component in the computer i mean there already is but you can literally just tell the computer like i, I need an application to do this and you just do it directly you're absolutely right i, I mean no doubt this all seem would seem like outlandish things to say not that long ago and this would be like oh and this will be in the year 2075 you know no but yeah it's that's it seems like the natural evolution yeah to to your point like there is one called ui wizard or you you wizard i don't know how you pronounce it have you heard of this one it's like mm -mm. if you want to develop apps like i don't know if you ever used figma so you can actually do some user interface design with UI Wizard. I'm probably saying it wrong, but you just put in like I want to make a social media app, and it you know with some YouTube video embedding functionality, and boom, it wireframes it. It spits out the, the actual look of the interface. I'm pretty sure that's what it does. And you're making me think of, you know, we talked about this before. Like you and I hand coding HTML for web pages. And then along comes Dreamweaver and the like, and there goes that code. I don't really code at all anymore when I make websites. It's all what you see is what you get. It's drag and drop. It's templated. Oh, I want a gallery? Great, let's do that. Upload the JPEGs or the PNGs. There's no, I rarely code. Occasionally I'll dial in some code to, to tighten something up, but it's rare. So it's, it's gonna become even more rarefied, isn't it? For all these things. Yeah, as the AI uh, tools become more capable it's just going to accelerate that timeline and yeah exponentially yeah it's funny you're bringing me back to reddit because i saw on, on the, the subreddit called chat gpt there's a great comment by user apart tie 9938 he says chat gpt is literally the simplest interface ever invented and if you need help writing prompts you're a moron uh <laughs> <laughs> so he says also to follow that up, he says, the fact that so many people think prompt engineering is a real career path just proves how replaceable most humans are. Um, and Oh, that's a good isn't one. Isn't it great? <laughs> and this other guy chimes in, yeah. a girl named Big Dumb Green Mong. It says, it really just highlights how bad people are at communicating. All you need to do is write clear instructions, explaining exactly what you need, but a lot of people can't do that. Now realize that we've been dealing with these people in business forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole, yeah, I, I'm, anytime I see this prompt engineering stuff, I'm like, I know. At the same time, you know, I see like on the, on the Mid Journey Facebook group, daily there's you know someone says how do i generate this image yeah. in mid-journey you know and well just ask for it <laughs> right <laughs> yeah people just come out there and they just want someone else to figure it out for them mm -hmm. 
And uh, it's it's not that hard. Try something, and if it doesn't work, try it again. Vary it, you know, and iterate. It's like the, in the early days of Google or search engines, when you'd ask something out to the the mob on social media, and somebody would snarkily reply, "Let me Google that for you." You know, it's like, yeah, right? Yeah, it's the yeah. same scenario. It's okay. <laughs> you just go ask it again. <laughs> RTFM. <All> right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. And again, I really do think we should dedicate at least an episode, if not a season, to the impact in education. And what it's making me think of is, you know, I see a lot of people on LinkedIn, a lot of people on Reddit labeling themselves as prompt engineers. And I see colleges now offering either tracks uh, of study for prompt engineering or majors. I can't think of the name of the college I saw. It was a major in prompt engineering. Like it's so early in the game. Everybody's like kind of like profiteering on this and like hopping on the bandwagon, mm -hmm. trying to sell these courses. Like we don't even know what this is going to shake out to be. Like prompt engineering might just be like a little bullet point on your resume. Okay. There's something I understand how to do within the AI sphere. Right. I'm like, it's not going to be my whole engine. I'm not a civil engineer. I'm not a prompt engineer, you know? Yeah. When I was playing with uh, Refusion, there was there was one other there was one other like music generating thing. I don't know. I ended up on some some web page and and it was basically just acting as a middleman for Refusion and this other whatever the other one was. And then they wanted you to they gave you like five free credits, but then they wanted you to actually like pay like and and they're just—it's literally just acting as a middleman. Right. When you just go to the website and do it yourself for free. Right. Yeah, there's a lot, lot of people trying to make a quick buck. They are. They're kind of put a, trying to put a and flag not really in the ground. Anything. Exactly. They're, they're yeah. capitalizing on the moment yeah. and the fact that people largely don't know what know what this stuff is about, right? Yeah, I'm sure people are selling tons of AI artwork. Yeah. And, I'm, and part of me is like, why, why am I not doing that? Oh, I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've like, I don't, I'm, I'm curious how many images I've generated on my journey so far, but like, there's a, I mean, it's a ton of them. Yeah. Should just throw them up there. Uh, well, what I'm seeing a lot of now, and I want to do it myself actually, is generating um, children's books. Like, I have this idea for mm -hmm. a book, and I'm, and I saw somebody do it really well, and kind of cycling back to the the movie we we're watching or speaking about earlier. The one thing they talked about in that Frost movie was that a lot of the effort was getting Dali in this case to output stylistically similar images for the duration of this 12 minute film. Because as you know, when you put a prompt in one of these text to image generators, it's kind of a crapshoot, right? You're going to get unless you're really specific mm -hmm. that. You know, all these things are going to have a similar aesthetic. You're going to get something that looks kind of, uh, you know, graphical, something that will look photorealistic, something that will look painterly. So anyway, the thing is that the ones that are doing these children's books, these illustrated children's books really well, know how to master the text to image stuff so that it looks cohesive. It looks like the same illustrator made all of these things. In fact, they're have, they're putting in a, a kernel of an idea for a story into ChatGPT. It's spitting that out, and then they're spitting those individual page text pieces into Midjourney or Dali to create the accompanying artwork, which is kind of cool, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting a consistent look uh, across a bunch of images is the tricky part. Yeah, for sure. It is. Maybe you should start a business to do that. You'll be the middleman for yeah. AI-generated <laughs> children's books. You'll be the go-between. <laughs> yeah. Just 
get a room full of actual artists and like, oh, hey, someone just fired off a prom. Hurry up. No. <laughs> draw, draw, draw. <laughs> Hurry. You're not fast enough. Ah, we lost that. We lost the account. Why does the output always look like it, it was a, a picture of an actual drawing <laughs> taken with a phone? <laughs> In really poor lighting. In somebody's basement. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, I always felt like that's how sh Shazam works, too. There's a whole bunch of music oh, geeks yeah. in a room like, I know that's oh, wait, I got it, I got it, I got it. Name that tune. It's like some bizarre 24-hour name that tune competition going on in the world. We will pay you to listen to music all day if you can, you know, identify at least, you know, 70% of these songs. And the faster you can identify it, the more you get paid. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. It's like the squirrels that power the internet. Who knew? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like why would why would they all be in the same room? They're just you know work from home. Exactly. <laughs> Identify songs. <laughs> five cent, five cents per you know, correct ID. I love it. Yeah, really? I mean, just have the whole internet working on this, right? Crowdsource it, shared processing. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, so that brings us to kind of wrapping it up. We've been at this for about an hour. That's about, we're trying to keep yeah. to our word, 30 minutes to 60 minutes, somewhere in there. So this week's AI Spotlight uh, is on something you could find on Instagram, and it's called Melt.AI. I just shared this with Larry uh, earlier tonight, uh, which it's I think is incredible. It's using what I think is Warp Fusion on the back end, which is kind of this text-to-image video generator, which creates this very... Um, very identifiable AI generated animation, right, Lar? The the thing that came to mind uh, is there is a game on uh, there's a there's a game called Cyberpunk. Oh, okay. And or Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or I think that's the full title. And uh, and when it first came out, it got. It, it, I mean, they actually pulled it off the PlayStation Store because the game was not finished. It had tons of issues oh, okay. and. It was a really hyped game, and uh, but anyway, I, I'm I'm getting derailed here. But but it has a certain aesthetic, and it's not exactly like that. But it's 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 kind of got that vibe, and it reminds me of it. And I know they fixed most of the issues with the game. Mm -hmm. I'm like that. Watching those kind of makes me want to go back and revisit that game because it's just like a lot of people with you know you know it's it's all futuristic like you know cyborg yeah, yeah. type of stuff. And um, but yeah, very very trippy is the word yeah, that comes to mind but really really interesting looking uh you know cg mm -hmm. video animations but clearly you know with an underlying live action video that was that's been manipulated yes great because there's there's times when when it seems like it's shifting in and out like you can tell like you know they shot like you know someone on a, getting on the bicycle or walking down next to the pool or whatever and then it seems like it's shifting in and out. It almost seems like they they started with a live action video and then it got a whole lot of treatment. That's exactly what it looks like, and it almost almost as if they stopped at every other frame and painted some other, you know, feature onto this live action sequence and made it more illustrated, right? Yeah, there was one shot where I guess it was almost like they were sitting in a, in a diner or something, and the, and the and the camera pans out to look out the window, and there's a tiger or a lion, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, out there and you can see like the 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 since it's a panning shot there was like i don't know there was a pole there and you saw the face of the line kind of on the pole there's some glitchy yeah, yeah. things to it but it it it, it all kind of just blended into part of this overall look that is 
is interesting yes. and very, very cool. Very of the moment, very a- AI art, right? It will, I think we'll look at this yeah. five, 10 years from now and be like, we'll be able to identify the year that that stuff came out. Um, in the same way you're talking about identifying Terry Gilliam style or even like South Park, the way that stuff looks like, you know, of, of that age, of that treatment, we're going to be able to identify this mm-hmm. stuff. And you made me think of one other thing, and we'll wrap this up soon, that Marvel is getting in on the AI animation stuff. And the latest movie coming out, I don't know if it's out or it's coming out, it's called Secret Invasion. A, I think it's a miniseries. Oh, it is? It's yeah, a it's a miniseries. Apparently that yeah. title sequence, which I've seen, have you seen it? Has that same kind of yes. warp fusion type treatment. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of backlash, I guess. Oh, they used a, you know, AI thing, you know, for the intro, for the credit, intro credit sequence and... Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, do I think it could have been done better with the traditional tools? Yes. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, like when some of those traditional, some of those traditional tools probably got the same kind of backlash when they were released. Absolutely. You know, it's not like we're, you know, we're not seeing a whole lot of hand painted uh, animation cells these days, right, you exactly. know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so exactly. this is, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's another tool. It didn't write the script. Well, as far as we know, it didn't write the script. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, Maybe it did. <laughs> but what a great point you just made. Like, think about Pixar and what a juggernaut Pixar is, right? Like, I'm sure when that first came out, they're like, oh, this isn't real. These computer animated, you know, the Toy Story. Look at what Toy Story 5, Toy, Toy Story 6, huge. You know, people kind of like dismiss CGI, right? And said that, oh, this isn't real animation and to your point how many i wonder how many hand drawn uh movies there are in the disney stable these days like are there actually hand drawing animators on staff i don't even know i doubt it but maybe i don't don't know i doubt it though yeah i don't know what that looks like that's a great question um so anyway and then every once in a while someone someone does a a a, an actual stop motion movie and it's a big deal sure you know and and that's cool, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, it's a it's uh, a novelty. It's like, oh my god, it's a throwback yeah. to an earlier time. Like, didn't uh, Wes Anderson did like Fantastic Mr. Fox? And I don't know if Guillermo del Toro's recent Pinocchio, if that was true stop motion, was that? I believe it was. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of cool that, that those art forms are still around. But circling back, this week's AI spotlight was Melt dot ai on instagram if you want to see really interesting intriguing examples of ai animation that's a good place to start i think anything else Lar? no i think uh i think we covered it all we did well (laughs) yeah there's always more to talk about (laughs) yeah all for yeah yeah tomorrow there'll be a whole bunch of new uh, everything new everything so we're going to leave you with a question listeners the three of you that are out there, would you like an AI <laughs> companion to have a relationship with? We we're talking about blush earlier, platonic or otherwise. No judgment. So let us know. Write, write to us on social media, and uh, we'll give you a shout out next week. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you soon. This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes, and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people.